It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sorry that it seems to me to be one of the more terrifying questions that's posed. Whether whether you're at a job interview or maybe you're on your first date or maybe when you were a teenager and you met the, the girl's father. Tell me... A little bit about yourself. My daughter says that you're interested in chemistry. Where in the hell do you think that's going to take you? How are you ever going to make a job of that? You know what? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Terrifying question, don't you think? It it often begins that job interview, or it comes when you encounter a stranger. You you know you meet a stranger who wants to capsulize the experience with you into just a very few words. Would you please do me a favor? In 25 words or less, sum up your entire life. So what do you say? You know, what What can you say? And then, then to me, there are a couple terrifying statements. You may remember them. There's one, you never get another chance to make a good first impression. Really? Wow. Or are you or how about this one? It's a biblical warning. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. <laughs> Help. Interacting with other people is so nerve-wracking that some folks run away and others develop an elaborate maze of intricate lies in an attempt to pass the test. So there's a question. What is somebody looking for? What are they searching for when they ask me or you to tell them? Tell me about yourself. What do they want to hear? What makes, what can I say that makes them produce a smile instead of a frown? Because even those brave souls who say, I, I don't care what other people think. Usually end up caring a whole lot about what other people think. You may think it's enough for your dog to love you, but without some approval coming within the tribe of the Homo sapiens, the human race, just a nod from a fellow traveler, our spirits can be squashed. You've had that before, haven't you? Squashed spirit. Mm, it's delicious. A little salt and pepper on top. I like to serve it with chicken. <laughs> we don't know what people want from us. Because there's three parts of us. And the whole journey on life is trying to get those three to cooperate. There's three me's. There's three you's. The me you see, number one. The me I want to be, number two. Or the me that's not free, number three. That, that, let, look, 
briefly, so it, not to confuse you, that last one, the me that's not free, without sounding too weird, each of us has a nature we hide in a deep dungeon where nobody can ever see it. But it's much of our real self. It's the raw feelings and our unresolved conflicts. And that's the knee that needs to be free. But we need time to heal. <laughs> we don't set aside that time. We roll. Let's roll, man. Let's roll. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's not take time. Let's not heal. So we quickly push to the forefront the me we want to be, the image we want to project, hoping that it matters and it convinces the people we see. However, the me, the me people want to see does change from time to time, you know. <laughs> I think this is fascinating. And sometimes the me that people want to see, they th what they want to see in other people, it changes very quickly. For instance, our society often wants people to be humble. For a season, humility is the whole thing you display, making jokes about yourself. The more you are judged to be a good Joe, or Josephine for that matter, then suddenly there will be a turn of events in our society. And all at once, everybody wants you to be strong, confident, and never negative about yourself in any way, shape, or form. Humble becomes a bumble. Then if you just move ahead a few weeks, you find yourself living in a society that's all about good looks. How do you fare? Do you need to lose weight? Is that mole on your face distinctive or but ugly? Then, after you go through a spat of bullying on Twitter and nasty comments on Facebook, society decides for a while to become gentle, insisting that it doesn't matter what anyone looks like just as long as you're healthy and you're happy. If you happen to try to keep up with all of this, a certain brand of craziness will seep inside your brain as you attempt to second-guess what everybody is expecting you to be. Yes, there is the me that people see. Do they like me? Have you heard any word on what people think about me? I don't know. I have to check to see what the present flow of thinking is in the new cycle. Can I duplicate it? Can I join the club? Can I be part of the thrust? Can I look like I blend? I blend in. Because deep inside there is a me that I want to be, which is constantly being foiled by this other one that's hiding out there in the dungeon. You remember? The me that is not free? Simply because I'm frightened to share my inner thoughts, which might be perceived as, well... People might think if they found out about my me that's not free and some they might think I'm insane. I don't want to be the freak. So what do we do? I guess we could move towards sanity. There's a thought. 
popularity does have its perks, but if you have to stop every four or five minutes and ask yourself what you should be doing, and after every statement you wonder if you phrased it just the right way, no amount of fellowship and interaction with others will replace being content in yourself. Going to say it again. Going to say it again. No amount of fellowship or interaction with others will ever replace being content in yourself. Yet if you try to be yourself, is which is what people say you should pursue, oh, just be yourself now. Don't, don't try to impress me. Just be yourself. Well, folks may say they admire you for being yourself, but they will avoid you because you're, you're weird or worse. You seem to have a problem here being out of the flow. Yes, you're, 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 I'm sorry, your personality doesn't jive with everyone else. For you see, there's a freeway in life, and without notice, lanes can be shut down, and then you're suddenly forced into traffic with other human beings that you may or may not like, and you feel jammed up and don't know what you're going to do. Is it possible to be yourself and yet survive and conquer the criticism? Is it possible to state your status without feeling left out? What, what is the me that people wanted to see? What is the me that nowadays people want to see? And I'm talking about today. Of course, next week it could change, and I'm not responsible for that, so don't contact me. But it seems to be right now that the world's gig, the world's gig is number one, be careful not to judge others. Number two, don't let people push you around. Number three, be confident. Would you look at the list? Do you see any contradictions? After all, if I'm careful not to judge others, yet I'm supposed to be confident in what I'm doing, is there a chance I'm sacrificing my confidence by not speaking my mind about the things I disagree with? And if I do decide to speak my mind, and when someone says, you're judging, then if I make a stand, will it be viewed as confidence or as bigotry? I, I think I need to, at this point to give you and me a key. Here's a key. Once you understand that society has to be screwed up, and because things don't just screw up accidentally, you're in a position to take what you want to be and filter it out in pieces that folks can just begin to understand. It's exhausting to try to keep up with the human race. I'm more interested in the human walk. So what do we want to be? Well, I, I really can't speak for you. I wouldn't even think of it. So if you don't mind, I'll speak for myself. What do I want to be? I want to be, number one, responsible. Number two, I want to be merciful. And number three, I want to be focused. I want to be responsible, merciful, and focused. In other words, I don't want you to take responsibility for my mistakes, but I want to be merciful toward yours. And I want to avoid my mistakes by keeping an eye on on the prize instead of letting my mind wander with all the full false echoes of voices in our generation. Can you make friends in a mediocre world by pursuing a path of personal responsibility and excellence? Of course you can. Here's the key, though. 
You can do it as long as you don't try to force anyone else to do it. You, you can if you don't act like you're better than other people because you're responsible. So this is why you have to work on the last and final me. Remember that when I mentioned that me you have hidden away somewhere? Matter of fact, you might even put a gag on its mouth so it doesn't speak. The me that needs to be free because every single day of your life you will need to feed your soul. You will. I'm not really religious. Good. Do you have a soul though? You know? I don't really think I have a soul. Good. Then just drop crumbs down there in the empty place and see the next morning if you come back and they're eaten. You might find that you have a hidden soul that is really doggone hungry. Every day you need to feed your soul, but if you have something eating at your soul, that part that needs to be free that's hiding in that dungeon where you put it, if it's eating at your soul, something that's happened to you, then feeding it is like, feeding your soul is like pouring water into a bucket with no bottom. So what is eating in my soul? Once again, I'm, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but for myself. Now, the first thing that's eating in my soul is, number one, I'm fat. Number two, I'm creative but not appreciated. Number three, I'm getting old. These are the three things that want to eat at my soul as I simultaneously are trying to every day feed my soul, what are yours? Have you thought about it? Because if you can't address the me that isn't free in you, the me you want to be will be defeated, and then the me that people see will look like a fake, a phony, a liar, a charlatan, a bad TV actor. Sound familiar? Doesn't matter how many titles you put in front of somebody's name, Senator, King, Judge, Doctor, Reverend. If their actions don't match the title, they end up looking like a double loser. So what should I do, me, with these hidden things that need to be free? Once you find the me you want to be, before you go out and start dancing in front of the public, tiptoe your way into that private dungeon and deal with the things that aren't free. Let me stay with myself for a second. For another word, number one, I address the fact that I'm fat by being on a diet that has now taken off enough pounds that I'm more comfortable sitting in my car behind my steering wheel. My, my, my belly doesn't touch the steering wheel anymore. God bless America. God bless America. It's a start, you know what I mean? Yes, a strong enough beginning that I can talk my emotions off of the cliff of leaping. Don't give up. Our belly smother. Number two, I have to find my appreciation. I have to find the appreciation in just being creative. Because mankind is fickle. Mankind votes in blocks. In other words, when enough people agree, then it's decided that something is good. Individuals appreciating it is very rare. But can I be so creative, so juiced by that experience and drenched in it that it becomes the appreciation to me? 
Just the sensation of doing it becomes the appreciation and becomes the blessing. And number three, as far as getting old goes, here is a secret. Because I'm fat, if I lose weight, I feel better, and therefore I look younger. Not necessarily stud-like, but certainly not studless. Younger! So if I don't tempt myself to overeat because I feel unappreciated, that contentment can help me in my desire to lose weight. Suddenly, that which was not free is accessible to me. That which was not free, that part of me, that huge part of me that it's hiding out, is suddenly accessible to join me and push in my journey for victory and success. Then the me I want to be, which is first, responsible, second, merciful, and finally, focused, has a chance to get some breath because I'm not sucking the air out of my own life through depression. The result is that the me that people see is relaxed. And when, and when you're relaxed, you find a doorway to be accepted for who you are. Let me be honest with you. People love relaxed people. People like others who are not pushing hard, struggling, overselling, passing out pamphlets, inviting them too much to church. So if I find the me that needs to be free, that one I've hidden, right? And deal with all those scary parts, then I can start manifesting publicly the me I want to be which will cause me to allow contentment to come inside, an attitude which passes on to everyone I meet. Hey, babe, stop worrying about this shit. And this will draw people to my relaxed spirit. Now, at this point, you might say, is it really that easy? Or maybe you're saying, what? I didn't understand a damn word you said. But the good news is, if you free up the prisoners in your soul, you can start working on what you want to be. And the better news is, when you define what you want to be, people will start liking what they see. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.